I'm Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. Pete, we are back from our little summer break. Hi. I missed you. I missed you too. I, I missed, missed you, you more. Too. No, I don't think that's true. I think I missed, I think I missed you more. We'll argue about it later. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> well, maybe we can, um, I don't know. Use that as a little segue to say. So today, today, today we're going to be talking about sadness because you know, as you know, there's a dialectic at play here. Obviously, uh, Pete and I are very happy to see each other once again and be uh, uh, back uh, talking to you guys. <laughs> Though we are also simultaneously sad that our summer vacation is over. You I, had to start <laughs> right into a dialectic, like you couldn't. No. I it's like yeah. our break meant I, you had to just get another dialectic out there as quickly as possible. Well, you know me, even, even on the break, um, you know, I don't, I, I never, uh, I never put dialectics away. They're, they're always, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're how I, how I experience and, and frame the world. So they I had sure to, are. I had to go there. So, um, so Pete, you know, I don't know. I, I obviously want to give some evolutionary, um, uh, psychoeducation here about the function of sadness, because yeah, I would say patients to me are always like, well, I can't understand why we have anxiety, but you know, what's the point of sadness? I'm just wondering, do you, I don't know, like what's sort of your experience clinically with sadness? Do people sort of go like, what's the point of this emotion? Well, that's a judgment. Well, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Do, yeah, yeah. So I could help yeah. them recognize the judgment of it. And, and for any listener out there, this is a general, generalizable universal emotion. Everybody that walks the planet feel mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, and, and that's because I guess we you know, dive right in here to, to evolutionary stuff because it's, it's hardwired into us as one of the primary emotions. So yeah. I know we've talked about this on our other episodes uh, that deal with emotion, like anxiety and guilt. Um, but the primary emotions, you know, I know there's, there's some argument if there's six or eight, but if we start with the six, we've got joy, yes, anxiety slash fear. Yes. Anger. Yes. Guilt. Yes. Disgust. Yes. Sadness. Right. Right. And, and then some the throw in there that surprise. Interest. Well, surprise. And, yeah. and it was surprise and then interest. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One. yeah. I, I like the eight. I go with the eight. But anyway. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's it's often like if I go back to the anxiety example, it's obvious to people a lot of times why we feel fear, right? I'll ask people, yeah. what was the point of that? It's like, yeah, you're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. Anxiety, fear tells you this is dangerous. Yes. Get the heck out of there, right? Run away. Mm-hmm. But people will be like, well, what's the point of sadness? Why would evolution select for that? Because it just feels awful. Yes. So what I let people know is, look, evolution selected for emotions because they give us information in the moment, mm-hmm. right? Especially before we had language. Think of all of our, you know, um, other animal, uh, you know, friends here um, in the world, they don't have language, but emotions tell them something um, about what to do. So sadness tells us that we've either lost something or have the potential to lose something of meaning to us, Mm, right? So, you know, can you say a little bit about like why that would be important from an evolutionary perspective? Like why would we want to be aware of the fact that we could lose something of meaning to us. Why would, I don't know, why would evolution care about that? Well, you want to keep the things close to me. We, in the, in, in Buddhism, we would look at like, really, I, I oftentimes, a lot of the literature says that sadness is a gift within Buddhism. Yeah, yes. Uh-huh. You know? yep. and, and, and that's really tricky for some people to understand. And it's like, it's, it kind of reminds me of, of just some of like Brene Brown's work where you, you, we want to choose, we think we can choose how to feel. 
or like, I want to choose the positive stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then just push all the way the negative stuff. I want to drink or eat some mm-hmm, Oreos mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but th- those, like you said, it gives us data and, and reminds us about what's important to us. Uh, and, you know, and connection and connection. Right? Yeah. Right. Because that's, but because if we didn't, if we didn't have the potential to feel sad, we wouldn't, we wouldn't care about anything. Right. right. So like I always say to people, like, again, think from an evolutionary perspective, like if you didn't you know, 40,000 years ago, if you were not motivated at all to feel connected to other people, what happened? Exactly. You didn't like, you, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, no, you, no, you, no, you. <laughs> no, you. Um, yeah. It's like, we, we humans are a social species. We, you know, 40,000 years ago, if you weren't part of your group of humans, I'm always like, you died out there. You froze right. to death. You got eaten by a saber tooth tiger. You, you know, fell off a cliff, whatever, whatever happened. And so we wanted to be motivated to connect. Yeah. And so the other side of that is, you know, you, you want to have the, you, you want meaning, you want connection, but yeah. we can't, we can't have that desire without knowing that we're also going to lose that. And so, because that's a part of our experience too, sadness, then also from an action standpoint, a, a you know, an action urge is the term we use in behaviorism tells us to go inward, to withdraw, to recharge during those times. Um, but if we didn't feel sad, if we didn't, we wouldn't, we just wouldn't care about anything. You know, and I felt sad at times this summer, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, as we took a little break from recording and, Mm -hmm. you know, thought about, I noticed that this, uh, beginning of a school year, uh, Mm. I wonder if any listeners had a similar experience, you know, Mm -hmm. especially because I think school is a thing that most, of us have, I happen to have it in a really strong way as somebody who's like on that academic cycle. Yes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you're like, I don't know if you're scrolling social media in the last week or so you're likely seeing all like the back to school pictures and, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. there's a sadness of that, you know, and, and that's not a bad thing. It's not, we don't judge it. We just recognize that it for us on the East coast, it's also this realization and acceptance that it's about to be this change, uh, you know, of season, and that's why, go ahead. Well, that's why I no, love the Buddhism stuff because mm-hmm. the change of the season holds on to the summer or the sunlight mm-hmm. and doesn't allow for the darkness and the cold. Mm-hmm. And then after the darkness and the colds comes more sunlight and long days. So that that's the cyclical aspect of life. And sadness is just a way that you can, it makes it possible to actually gain more because the sadness gains that this idea um, of like contemplating the impermanence. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you bring that in because it's like, again, that, that concept of, of change, obviously, which is, yeah. I know a, a big part of Buddhism that, you know, everything's always and changing. Nobody here in the West likes. Yeah. Right. But Pete and I, Pete and I like quite a bit. Yes. Um, and I think change keeps us in business half the time. Well, well, it, it does. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. And it's also, but it's inherent in change is loss yes, is, is losing something. So Absolute, it's like yes. that things are moving. And, and so as humans, we, you know, the way our, we talk about this a lot here on when East meets West, our brains don't like, they try to fight that they try to yeah. stick on a linear path and, you know, only feel uh, comfortable feelings. And the thing is, it's like, no, things are, we're constantly 
losing and we're constantly gaining. We're constantly losing and we're constantly gaining. And other animals, yeah, they don't struggle with sadness the way that we do. Like if anybody, look, all other animals feel sadness too, right? Like we talked about this on our seeing, I know you're going here, the elephant but, funeral. Go ahead. Oh, I know. Well, I was just going to reference it lightly because it's like, <laughs> you know, I was actually going to talk about dogs, shocker. Um, but but yeah, so listen, you know, if you haven't listened to our grief episode, we talk a lot about this as well. But, um, you know, if anybody has, I don't know. I don't know cats so well, so I don't know. You yeah, know, cats. Don't, cats are different. Don't be I don't mad know, at I, us. Yeah, they don't matter. So I, I don't know how they exhibit sadness, but dogs feel sad. You know, they yeah. feel sad when you're like, you know, my dog. If when I'm, you know, leaving for the workday, you know, literally like hunches his shoulders and looks at me like he's bummed out. Though yeah. so he's also okay. They're much more accepting of. We're not much more. They are accepting. They're they are accepting. Mindful. Yeah, they're very mindful, right? So yeah. they they allow the changes to happen, right? And they can roll with that. Humans, we're not so great at that. We often view sadness, like we view anxiety, as something quote unquote bad, as a judgment. But it, it's just giving us information, right? Like I, I would honestly ask people to think about again. I'm going to go back to this concept of if you didn't if you didn't have the potential to feel sad you wouldn't care about anything. It's purposeful. And it's what's coming to mind for me is my, the definition of mindfulness because the way mm-hmm. we've gone over that several times, but the way that I really think about it from a psychology perspective mm-hmm. with the Buddhism is mm-hmm. we're off, like our suffering is almost always rooted in something we're holding onto from the past or worry yes. about the future. I and mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the basic teachings um, underlying it. I'm, I'm going to take a little tangent. You Can I? Go for it. Yeah. So I was, I, I was, one of our uh, teachers within my Zen community was giving a talk uh, and she was referencing, you know, some of these um, more uh, like 21st, 20th, 21st century Zen teachers. And mm-hmm. um, her, her reference was that she liked because they were more philosophical and not psychological. So I of course mm-hmm. felt very defensive around that. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're like, excuse me. Excuse I you, excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and because while they are integrated, I always have said that it's integrated for me without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I still, I still feel the way that I do it in the psychological concept is spiritually based. And I also, right. Same. I mean, it, same. I know, right. Because we're the same person, but, yeah. <laughs> but she, but, but also it was like, you know, and I appreciated this, the context you know, and again, it's about lens and perspective because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. M- my lens is a, as a psychologist or as a, as a, as an educator, she, she didn't have, she doesn't have those lenses. Sure. So sure. of course you'll see it from a more like secular perspective mm-hmm. than someone like you and I, who are, who are clinical in, in how mm-hmm. we do this. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I say all that because when I'm dealing with sadness with a client, or myself, I just have to be in that moment because what, what was happening for me was I just, I don't, is this a thing like September scaries? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I, you know, it's, I didn't make that up. No, I mean, well, I think, I don't know if people say that to people. I know people say Sunday scary, Sunday but, scary, but, right. but, but there is the like feeling of the back to school feeling. Well, so that's what down. I was feeling. A bit yeah. This, which was, and, and I, where is that Nikki? Is that in the past, the present or the future in that moment? <laughs> Well, it's funny. Well, sometimes it's it's in the present because if you're like, I'm going back to school, it might be happening that, might that be day. Happening, it might be yeah. happening, but but it can also be the anticipation, right? It was, an, it it was the anticipation yeah. for me. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and I was going to say that I think, um, you know, I was, you know, I went 
uh, a lot of school, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. Um, so I'm very familiar, fortunately, okay. F- familiar, uh, with that feeling though. It is interesting between the East coast and West coast. I yes. felt it much more intensely on the East coast because of the changes seasons We're here, yes. you know, it's, it's September, 2021. It's still summer here. Yes. You know, the weather's amazing. Um, but I think I, I want to make sure we don't, um, uh, end this, this episode without also talking about depression a little bit, we'll do an episode on depression. And again, I know we yeah. talked about it in the grief episode, but it is often, I think, confusing for people, what is sadness and what is depression. And I think yeah. it's important to clarify for listeners. Um, and everybody can, will feel depressed at some time, right? Like that's a normal ex- human experience. But if we want to use, um, if we want to use some, a sort of a Western lens, I, I would define depression as something more clinical, something more, um, biologically, uh, related. And again, depression can be triggered by an environmental event. So I don't want to, um, you know, uh, ignore that, but sadness is a baseline expected part of our experiences and, and depression while very common, we wouldn't say this is, I don't know, everybody is going to feel depressed. Uh, I mean, Yes and no, not necessarily. Right. right? Yeah, I'm with you with that. Yeah. Right. Um, Because I think, you know, I think that's important to say because I think people can become afraid of sadness because they're afraid Afraid of of going to depression. depression. So would you say like sadness is the symptom in a way and like depression is the diagnosis? That's an interesting question. I... I wouldn't define it that way because I wouldn't say sadness is a symptom. I would, cause I would say, cause depression itself is also a symptom. Depression is right. a diagnosis, but, but we have, we can have depressive symptoms, like right. you're feeling depressive, a depressive mood state. It feels different than a sadness state, That's uh, right. mood state. And I would personally distinguish those as depression has a, has a very like leaden, heavy, lethargic, yes, dark sensation where sadness, there's more space around it. Yeah. That's what I would say. I don't know. Does that resonate with you at all? Yeah. It's, I think we're looking at the spectrum and the fluidity of things. And so the way I'm seeing it is like this pendulum where sadness is a little less severe than Mm -hmm. depression is probably more severe and less sticky and less sticky. Yeah. 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 I'm with you with that. And so one way that I help or at least work through that with people is uh, what we call like understanding your why. Uh, and, and that is, that's also, so uh, you and I earlier talked about like the spirituality of what we do. And, mm-hmm. and for me, that's what that is, you know? So mm-hmm. I was with a team recently and, you know, they were like talking about how like the coaches were getting on them and it was really like, you know, feeling like a lot of pressure and it was making mm-hmm. them perform worse. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, what's your, why, like, why does all that matter? Like a coach is yelling at you. So what, mm-hmm. you know, it feels really bad in the moment. And then what? And, and I always, I tell the story of uh, being in Toronto at the, at the Olympic center where there was this, there's the center, the, this tower there has a mm-hmm. glass elevator. And so mm-hmm. anyone that knows, I have my mom's jeans with that. And so I don't <laughs> love heights. And I was like an elevator going up like 50 flights glass. Not fun. How would you feel about that? You'd be fine. I'd be fine. I don't have a heights thing, but okay. I, but I, but I understand. <laughs> I understand why I understand why that yeah. would be uh, distressing for anyone. Yeah. So the usher there was just like, sir, with all due respect, we're on this rock. That's just like orbiting the sun on this <laughs> thing that we don't even understand. Like really, what is this tower? And I was like, amen. Like it, it just, I got it in that moment. And I, mm-hmm. and I went up, um, I looked at the door. I didn't look out, but I looked out as I arrived and the door opened, but, um, yeah. So the why, like, what is it? Like, there's such a bigger meaning in all this stuff that we're in, even in all the sadness that we experience. 
Well, so is that, is that what you, so if somebody is experiencing sadness, you, it sounds like try to help people connect with, again, it's like, what's the, what's the meaning in it? What's like, the meaning of is, it? Exactly. What's, what's the meaning of it? Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know, it's just, it's so interesting is it's like, that is the thing I think people have such a hard time getting curious around because right. because they're afraid of depression. So, like you just they're said. So proud, yeah. And yeah. Just, it's so unpleasant. Like, and, and it's, this is actually just sort of crystallizing for me. I think also why it's important to distinguish between sadness and depression is that because depression, there are like actionable steps to get out of it. Right. right. Even clinically. Right. Like we go like, you know, in cognitive behavioral therapies, one of the first uh, lines of defense is behavioral activation, which is that's, a fancy term for just doing things. Like, yeah. nothing, right? <laughs> like <laughs> right. It is. That's, so it's like having structure and behavior, like activating, right. So yeah. starting to do things and that's going to start to um, regulate mood. So when yeah. people feel sad and it's, I experience it in therapy all the time, when they're just having sadness, that isn't depression. And let's say maybe we've done some work around depression in the past. Their first mode is to go to like, I got to get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to get out of it. And and I really bring them back to like, this, this isn't something to fix, right? right? Like this isn't something, this is something to bring compassion and love and kindness and yes. space to. Yes. And, and, a, and, and the word I use a lot is honoring it. Yeah. Right. Because like I you love say, that. Like, honor the why, honor the meaning, right. Yeah. Honor that this is um, information that your brain is telling you that you've lost something meaningful to you. Right. Or you're going, or you're, there's the potential to lose something. Yeah. And, and, and I, I really appreciate that you brought in like this fear that people have that as if sadness directly leads to this like mm-hmm. deep sticky depression, because there, yeah. there is research uh, that has shown, you know, the negative effects of, of sadness. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and in fact, um, there was the study in 2020 that was published by Dorison and his colleagues that found that, that sadness compared to like, like sadness separated itself from other, um, negative emotions and did contribute to like smoking, um, and some other like unhealthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's important to recognize because fear, anger, and shame did not have the same impact. Mm you know, as they controlled for it. Well, which makes sense, right? Because sadness, again, you were just saying about the fluidity and the spectrum, That's right. it can lead to it. Right. So I don't want to suggest that it it can, you know, it's not, uh, it's not black and white here though. What's interesting is that if we all, it's this paradox, you know, I always talk about like, if, if you allow that, if you honor uh, that sadness and you make space for it, connect with it, don't, you know, don't judge it. Yeah. That's going to help you move through it. Yeah. Whereas when you're trying to fight it or like, so you're trying to get rid of it or the opposite is you dive to the bottom of the pool with it. So you right. ruminate, you, you use a negative lens and how you're thinking about everything that is going, both of those things running away from it or clinging to it are going yeah. to intensify it. And lead, said like a beautiful the- mindfulness practitioner <laughs> oh, or, or, or a clinical psychologist, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, I mean, I can't believe this is, I mean, it's so good to be back already. I can't believe that we're almost done already. Um, yeah. Well, time flies when you're having time, fun. <laughs> when you're, when you're so having maybe, fun talking about sadness. Time, well, time flies when you're talking about being sad. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said those words. I well, love that. You just did. I did. <laughs> well, the September scaries for any listeners out there. I think uh, I, I wanted to, on the East Coast here, certainly like with the seasonal change. And that's, I think, another metaphor of just embracing the winter. And I've seen that all over and over and again. Like, it's not great, but it's just change. Yeah, it's just change. And so, yeah, I mean, what I want uh, listeners to take away from this episode is that sadness serves a function. 
right? Evolution's selected for it for a reason. Um, And even though it's really unpleasant, I want people to see if they can make space for it and honor it because it's helping you identify what's important to you and what's meaningful to you. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.